0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm. Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa Know How geico presents sharing versus oversharing way early this morning brad higdon shared a major spoiler alert from everyone's favorite hit show sad emojis to express his feelings about the plot twist and a playlist he made to drown
1: out his sorrows dude oversharing alert brad geico has something worth sharing with those who haven't befriended you like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance at geico.com so stop moping about the post-apocalyptic world and start saving in the real world geico 15 minutes could
2: save you 15 percent or more on car insurance Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It's Wednesday, December 2nd, 2015. Multimedia sports personality Joe Bartle here, joined by RotoWire's own Mike Doria.
1: Hey, Joe, how's
2: it going, man? Well, I'm doing all right, I'm already stumbling over the promo code, so you know it's going to be a good show. <laughs> a little Thanksgiving
1: hangover there.
2: Something like that. I definitely put on way too many pounds
1: well we will we'll work some we'll work some pounds off right now with, uh, <laughs> with a lengthy podcast with no buys. all the teams are playing this week and uh you know no more no more of those weird uh zeros in your uh in your scores uh you know unless you start somebody that's injured and that's what we're gonna be here to help our users avoid
2: yeah and uh we're gonna have a new little format for this uh, upcoming podcast that we're doing here today so uh we'll start going through the details in a little bit first I just wanted to focus on the buys that you mentioned we're done with them and we're now approaching the fantasy playoffs for a lot of people how many leagues are you going to make the playoffs for in Mike
1: well I'm in uh five leagues and looks like I'm heading to the postseason in four chance to win a little bit of money not a giant pile or anything like that but uh as the uh season winds down I'll probably get involved in a little bit more in the daily games because Things get a little random there in week 16 and 17. If you if you have your pulse on the injuries, what players are going to sit because teams may or may not be playing for certain things, you can really gain some competitive advantage. That said, I mean there's a lot of people who are aware of that, but uh, yeah, there's just an opportunity to take you know take advantage of some um, abnormal circumstances in the last couple of weeks of the season.
2: I didn't think about that. This is my first time really getting into daily fantasy football, so I've struggled throughout much of the season. Um, but there's there's probably a lot of value towards the end of the season.
1: Well, I mean, uh, just as an example, uh, by Week 17, I mean, they, after what happened to the Patriots uh, this weekend, uh, you know, we can't assume that they will have that uh, first-round buy. But, if, you know, assuming they lock up a, a first-round buy rather early and they don't have anything to play for, perhaps in Week 17, you know, Brady might sit the whole game or only play a quarter. The Patriots the Patriots have handled that situation differently over the years when they've clinched and don't have anything to play for in uh, in week 17 or even week 16. And the same applies to other teams. But I mean, every year there's, a, there's at least a couple of uh, the top teams that just scratch all their stars. And then suddenly the number two, number three running back on that team that's done nothing for weeks is piling up big numbers in week 17. So Something to be aware of, keep in mind, and uh, research heavily uh, as as that week
2: approaches. Well, that's what we're here for. We can provide the researching for you, right? Yes, for definitely. the listeners.
1: Um, but we, first, we got to get through thirteen through sixteen, <laughs> yes. I guess. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, let's 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 get it going.
2: Well, no, hold on. I see you're jumping the gun. I want to know a specific strategy that I've been dealing with in some of my leagues, and I wanted to have your thought process. Okay, so. We know how many injuries this season's happened or has happened in this season. We see like uh will the McCoy go down for a while. We see Le'Veon bell you know big name players that are out for a while what 's your strategy with handcuffed players that you might have been keeping on your roster with the playoffs wanting down? Do you just get rid of them for people you know can contribute or you hold on to them
1: well, I mean generally uh most of the leagues that i 'm in are are you know deep enough that you 're going to have to have reserve running backs that aren't actually starters on your bench and you know really it's just luck of the draw but in terms of backups I just try to maybe stockpile backups that would have a clear path to a full-time job in the event that the starter ahead of them uh, was injured Uh, I mean you you take the the Atlanta situation at the beginning of the year you know Coleman and Freeman well one of them got hurt and then suddenly uh, it wasn't the timeshare that, that I was afraid of. Um, but D'Angelo Williams is a perfect example of a, of a player that became a valuable asset once Le'Veon Bell um, went down. So, I mean, really it is luck of the draw, but uh, you just need to keep keep an eye out. I mean, when Jamal Charles went, went down, you know, West kind of came out of nowhere. There was a lot of speculation that Niall Davis might be the guy. He goes down, now Spencer Ware is in the mix, so it's, it's a constant churn, and there's always going to be some random backs, especially, that emerge at, at this time of year, and, and we, we see plenty of evidence of it happening right now as we speak.
2: I've always found that when we're in the playoffs, it's do or die. Like You need to win this week, so I always make my roster fit what I need for this week, and I'm not really thinking about those injuries that could happen. But the way this season's going, I think I might actually stick with uh, just accumulating all these backups that I might have a chance well, to Well, I mean,
1: you're, you're competing for the same, you know, emerging players on the waiver wire as, as everybody else, so, you know, only one only one coach can get Spencer Ware, so then you have to think, well, you know, I didn't get Spencer Ware in, in my waiver uh, bidding, and... And then you're like, well, you know, maybe Jay Ajayi is a guy that that, that might see more carries down the stretch or, you know, just a- any number of players that, that you look at that are maybe one break away. And then you just cross your fingers that you got the right one <laughs> and that uh, the guys ahead of you didn't, uh, didn't you know, score the, uh, you know, the Thomas Rawls type uh, lottery ticket.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, we'll get to him and actually we'll discuss Spencer Ware too a little bit later on. But those guys have really been uh, beneficial <laughs> with, with the season winding down with how many injuries there's been. Um, so I discussed the new format earlier. The plan here, and we can always change it moving forward, but we're going to discuss some of last week's critical injuries and uh, go over some of the potential ramifications that it could have in the fantasy season. It's been a brutal, inju- a brutal season for injuries, so there shouldn't be any short of, shortage of players to discuss, yep. right? Yeah, so <laughs> after that, we'll go quickly through each game. With Mike and I highlighting some players we think could have the potential to go off, as well as update the listeners on any lingering ish- injury issues with key players. Uh, with that said, let's get down to it. So I think the first major injury, and the one I really want to hear you discuss, <laughs> <laughs> was Rob Gronkowski. So Gronk injured his knee during Sunday's loss to the Broncos. I know that was already painful for you. He suffered a hard hit by Darian Stewart, uh, and he just he was writhing around in pain after the injury. Had to be carted off. Did you think that was a dirty play?
1: No, oh, not really. Um, I mean, uh, Gronk is a big target. And, uh, you know, when you're a defender trying to make that split-second decision, hit him high, hit him low, uh, I don't really think that there was any sort of intention to injure Gronkowski. They, they, the intention was to to stop him and or tackle him, and, and we saw the results. Now, obviously, when, when uh, I saw that, when anyone... <laughs> Uh, who likes Gronk <laughs> because they're Patriots fans, or because they own him in fantasy, it it looked like a season-ender. And, I mean, that felt like, given all the other injuries that the Patriots have been dealing with, uh, you know, with Edelman, Deion Lewis, a bunch of guys on the line, uh, that just felt like, wow, the, you know, there's only two players that the Patriots can't really – Absorb that their their loss, and that's obviously Brady and and Gronkowski. So I mean, it looks like he's going to be week to week, legitimately week to week. I doubt he plays this week, but he hasn't been ruled out just yet. But the good news is, even though it looked like a season ender, it ended up being more of a, a bruise slash strain type thing versus a a broken leg or kneecap or or torn ACL or, or something along those lines. So despite how bad it looked, and he was—he just looked like, yeah, he, he was ready to throw, throw in the towel there. But, uh, you know, when you think of it, sometimes you hit your funny bone or, or, you, or you know, when it comes to your leg, you, you might, you know, bump it into something and, it, and it, it hurts like crazy, but it ends up being just a bruise or, or, or a minor strain, as, as is the case here.
2: As a Patriot fan, and I know you're a big one, uh, they lost – on Sunday. Perfect season over. Uh a couple of people I, I'm a really big Bill Simmons fan, so like he was tweeting the whole game how he felt like the referees were screwing over the Patriots. Um and then the Gronk injury happens. Which one was worse for you? Like you're sitting after the game Sunday night and you're like, oh man. I don't
1: really fall. care about the uh, the the undefeated season. I mean undefeated seasons uh don't get you anything if you don't win the Super Bowl as as we found out. <laughs> uh but I mean, the, the the Patriots have had plenty of issues this year. The fact that they got to ten and ten and O, you know, with you know definite adversity there, it you just felt that at a certain point they were going to lose. It was a tough way to lose, especially given some questionable calls. But then again, you know, the Patriots have had some good bounces that that resulted in, in them uh, being ten and O. So I'm not going to be bitter about that uh i mean basically as soon as it was revealed that Gronkowski was not out for the season that we're talking about a return you know before the playoffs presumably and then you think that Edelman while he, we're not, probably not going to see him for the rest of the regular season he could also be back for the playoffs uh as long as they you know just hold serve enough to make the playoffs ideally get a first round bye um They're not going to be in bad shape, uh, assuming nothing happens to Brady, of course.
2: (laughs) Well, I think the person that benefits the most from that Gronkowski injury is probably Scott Chandler. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where do you see Scott Chandler fitting in now as a tight end for fantasy purposes?
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, they're already without Edelman. Um, Now Gronk is, you know, probably looking at a, I would guess he misses maybe two, three weeks. Um, you know, he, he said on his, uh, posted, uh, interview there that, you know, he's not going to return until he's a hundred percent, which is, which is the way they handled some of his previous injuries wisely. Um, I mean, we're only in week 13, so I mean, really the goal is get him back into a groove in advance of the playoffs. So, you know, given the injuries at wideout and to Gronk. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chandler is going to be a, a big part of the offense. Yeah, he's He's got the size to be a red zone threat, and he no longer has Gronk uh, to contend with for tight end targets. And you look around that uh, wideout core, I mean, LaFell has a little bit of size, um, but you know, then, it, then you look at Danny Amendola. He's not really uh, a great red zone threat. We'll probably get to him soon because uh, he's also banged up. Yeah. But long story short, Scott Chandler should see a decent share of targets, and definitely I I believe Brady's going to take some shots at the end zone. So, I mean, tight ends are generally a crapshoot other than Gronk, you know, for the most part. But I think that Chandler is definitely a startable tight end. Just don't expect him to, you know, replicate Gronkowski's production. But, you know, someone's got to catch those passes, and uh, he's got as good a chance as anyone in that offense.
2: Well, you mentioned that tight ends are kind of a crapshoot. The next one on the list is Jimmy Graham. I mean, he was not a crapshoot. He didn't play well, but he wasn't a crapshoot. You knew what you were getting from him. He tore his patellar tendon during Sunday's loss to the Steelers, and he was placed on IR Monday. He was 10th in catches for tight ends with 48, and then 6th in yards for tight ends with 606. Now, he only scored two touchdowns, so those are where fantasy owners get a little angry with his production. But how did the Seahawks replace that kind of production?
1: He was definitely a bit of a disappointment from a fantasy perspective uh, heading into the year. A lot of people presume that he was probably the number two tight end, uh, fantasy wise, behind Gronk. And as you mentioned, th- those are no- those are not numbers necessarily to sneeze at, but not you know anything to compare with his uh, success with the Saints. Now, with him gone, uh, Luke Wilson uh, is is the uh, the next up uh, in line for tight end targets for the the Seahawks and yeah I mean if you're in a league where you owned Graham and you look at the waiver wire and it's it's picked picked clean then uh, Luke Wilson is an option but you know he's not someone I'm gonna target in in daily leagues at least you know right away I mean the Seahawks had a big you know passing attack in uh, in uh, week 12 but it was uh curse and Baldwin the, the receivers that that really benefited from uh, from that I mean no Lynch um, no Graham, but it's, it's, it's still not the easiest, uh, passing attack to get behind on a weekly basis, you and, know, with a running quarterback and even Thomas Rawls generally, uh, doing a fairly decent imitation of Lynch.
2: And they play the Minnesota Vikings with this week, which they've been pretty well, uh, pretty good on defense. And I think that could be a problem for them passing wise. Um, do you would you rather have Chandler or would you rather have Luke Wilson?
1: Oh, um, easily Scott Chandler. Okay, I mean, granted Wilson has the job for the rest of the year, but I think the short term upside that that Chandler presents is is much more compelling than you know five games of hit or miss.
2: I think arguably one of the best tight ends this year, Tyler Eifert. He also was injured during Sunday's game against the Rams. He sustained a stinger. He's leading the league in touchdown catches, and he didn't practice Wednesday. What's his status this week?
1: Well, I mean, after the game, he kind of suggested that he was going to be okay, and this, the Bengals' website today kind of downplayed it, um, almost portraying his absence today as rest. So as long as he returns to at least a limited practice tomorrow, Thursday, I, I would think that he's going to go. Um, definitely a, a player to follow, but it's, uh, it doesn't seem that— that grave at this at, at at this time but but definitely someone to watch
2: that sounds a lot more reassuring I was worried because I have heard going everywhere it feels like yeah, in, I mean, in the leagues I
1: have if a guy doesn't practice Wednesday well you gotta you gotta start paying attention but I, I I get the sense that he has a he has a solid chance to play but that's just based on what he said and the tone of the report in the uh you know that's listed on the uh, Bengals website
2: today Okay. Uh, moving on to the quarterbacks, the two big ones, Ben Roethlisberger and Josh McCown. First, Roethlisberger, really kind of bizarre thing. He took himself out of Sunday's game. It was first reported that he had a concussion. Then Roethlisberger himself denies it. He practiced fully Wednesday. Are we having some sort of concussion gate right now? Uh, not exactly.
1: I mean, he took he took himself out of the game, you know, let let the, uh, the trainers know that, yeah, I think something's wrong. Um, so, he so, sort of self-reported himself into, in, into <laughs> getting checked out for a concussion. And then uh, afterward, um, you know, there was the, the progression that you, that you discussed. But uh, I think it was just more of a, a, you know, case of miscommunication more than anything else. Uh, I don't think anyone was trying to be deceitful or, or provide incorrect information. More importantly, he practiced fully today. And that's really what you need to know about Big Ben. Um, as long as he gets through the week without a setback, he should be fine.
2: So no Landry Jones round two? I don't think so. I mean, <laughs>
1: unless uh, something bizarre happens in practice and somebody hits him accidentally and, and uh, he, he gets re-concussed, uh, it, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but he's, he's definitely taken a beating this year. And uh, I mean, I own him in a couple of spots, and a couple of key spots and he's generally produced when he's been out there. But, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm crossing my fingers that this is the last injury of the year for him. But I, I don't know the way it's been going. It's kind of a game-to-game deal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Josh McCown was also a bit of a surprise at quarterback. feels like they go back and forth every week with him and Johnny Manziel, but that's no longer going to happen because McCown broke his collarbone during Monday night's game, surprisingly entertaining game against the Ravens. He was placed on IR. And it was announced today Austin Davis, not Johnny Football, was announced as the starter. So I have a couple of questions based on that. (laughs) Uh, First, did you party often as a youth? (laughs) (laughs) Like Manziel? This
1: has to do with fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, the
2: champagne and the singing, I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know,
1: I think uh, a lot of people in college uh, like to have a little fun, and uh, I'm no different than anyone else. But, you know, once you uh, graduate from college and you get a job... um, you you're expected to do certain things to uh to you know maintain that job and uh i mean no one no one says that Johnny Manziel shouldn't have fun i mean Gronk has fun in the off season <laughs> uh you know the internet says that anyway and uh, a lot of a lot of other players do but uh i think the problem with uh with, with Johnny Manziel is that you know he he had some off field issues and he was kind of under the microscope publicly and also, you know, in terms of his, his coaches. And I think they just wanted him to, like, you know, be a good student, <laughs> you know, even during the bye week. And he, uh, you know, he, he partied. Uh, you know, it's not the worst thing anyone has ever done in the NFL. I mean, there's, there's guys that have done worse things that are out there every week. But, you know, that's not what the coaching staff wanted him to do. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they let him know that before, so when he didn't follow their instructions, I guess they had to punish him somehow, and that somehow meant uh, demoting him to third-string quarterback. Um, he actually suited up for the game, which, in a way, I, I think that if they they had just like made him inactive and called it like a one-game you know suspension or not, then they could have said, okay, he's been punished, and now he. Has as much of a chance to start as Austin Davis, but uh, once McCown got hurt, they were kind of uh, put in a rough position because they they turned to McCown on Monday. I'm uh, sorry, they turned to Davis on Monday night. So at this stage, Davis either has to play his way out of the job or get hurt. But uh, there's been a lot of injuries uh, at at the uh, quarterback position in Cleveland this year. So I don't know. I I'm not. I I don't think we've seen the last of Johnny football this year in Cleveland.
2: I am not a Manziel fan at all, and I'll, I'll admit that right now. I just I never liked him coming out, and I, I don't think his game translates to the NFL, but I really am not happy with how the Browns handled the situation. I think that there's better ways to do that than take away potentially the only thing that he cares about.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. And also, I mean, their seasons, I mean, they're really going nowhere, and I think ideally, I mean, this guy was a first-round draft pick, and we're not talking, like, years ago. Um, I think given the fact that McCown is out for the year, you kind of just need to see what you have in Johnny Manziel. And it's I think it's a lost opportunity for the Browns to not find out, you know, can he cut it? Like, is it going to work? So if he doesn't get another chance this year, my gut feeling is that he will, then what do do they do? What's their next move? Cut him? Trade him? Uh, I mean, right now is when, you know, you should be evaluating him and other players with an eye towards next year because they're, they're, not, they're not making the
2: playoffs. But that's the thing. Like, I, think, I think the Browns are done with him. I think the Browns just want nothing to do with Manziel. But at the very least, playing him now gives other teams a chance to see what he can do. And you might be able to convince the Cowboys to give you a fifth-round pick if Manziel's out there. But right now you're just tarnishing his value as a player because you have him under contract. You don't have to release him or let him sign with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, they
1: the way they handled the quarterback situation last year, I don't remember the exact chronology, but uh, Brian Hoyer, they left him in there for a while, uh, he got some wins, struggled, and they finally pulled him. So, I mean, I think Pettin does, you know, he he, he does have the uh, the capability of, of pulling the plug on Davis, uh, you know, unceremoniously, but... We'll we'll see. If Davis plays well, then it's a moot point.
2: It's just a frustrating situation all around. Uh, and another frustrating situation really for fantasy owners, Chris Johnson left Sunday's game early due to a broken tibia. He was placed on the IR designated to return list. However, it doesn't seem like he's going to come back anytime before the playoffs.
1: Well, I think um, technically he's ineligible to return until the Super Bowl. So okay. the Cardinals, are, I guess, are just holding out hope that maybe – they make the Super Bowl. And uh, if they do, well, they would have the option of uh, activating Chris Johnson. Um, just the timing of that injury. Uh, I mean, it's its a very, it's a long shot that uh, that he would play, I, I would think, even if they did make the Super Bowl. But, you know, at this point in the season, they might as well just, you know, throw that dart in the air. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, why and, not? And, uh, you know, with Andre Ellington dealing with a turf toe now and, and looking very iffy for this weekend. Uh, David Johnson, the rookie, suddenly finds himself atop that backfield, and that's a really good situation for him and fantasy owners who <clears throat> held on to him this year, even though he was kind of you know, the lesser part of a committee situation.
2: I really, really, really like David Johnson. Uh, I think for these next weeks they play the Rams, Vikings, and Eagles. Rams, they haven't been that great of a defense recently, Vikings have been, but the Eagles certainly not, and that's when you'll probably want them the most for the playoffs. I think that David Johnson, he's going to have a heck of a three, four games left of the season. Yeah, I
1: don't disagree there.
2: I mean, uh, with
1: uh, Chris Johnson out of the mix, not only do you not have to – you're not going to get confused with, uh, you know, listening to them on the radio, you know, which which Johnson <laughs> is that? It's like I got two receivers named Brown, two running backs named Johnson. Well, now, now you know which Johnson is carrying the ball. But, yeah, it's just uh, – <clears throat> he's he's the top dog as long as Ellington is out and and um, it looks like Ellington is going to be be out this week I mean they may have to promote uh, I mean they they did promote Kerlin Williams uh, from the practice squad so I mean it's it that's why they drafted him and uh, it's his big chance now uh, the guys that were kind of blocking him before are are not going to play or you know Johnson's out for the rest of the regular season Ellington's probably in the week-to-week category but like you said I think I think you're getting a nice nice little uh two three game run from him
2: I don't think that this is much of a stretch but um I could easily see Johnson uh ranking as a top 20 running back this week and beyond as long as he's getting 15 20 touches a game I think that's that's, very easy for him to make I mean
1: yeah for sure this week and then after that we'll have to see a, how he does, and B, you know, how quickly Ellington can come back from his toe injury.
2: Alan Hearns is the last player uh, that we're going to focus on. Specifically, he sustained a concussion during Sunday's contest against the Chargers. It appears as if he might not play this. He's been on the injury report, seems like, forever. Yeah, but that was kind of routine maintenance type stuff. I mean, I don't know if you you actually
1: saw that play no, as it I happened, didn't. but uh, yeah, that did not look good, and he, he was stretchered off. Oh, wow. Uh, Immobilized. And, you know, that's just one of those situations where everyone's crossing their fingers that and hoping for the best. Um, And it wasn't that much longer. uh, It it didn't take too long anyway, for word to get out that he he had suffered a concussion. And he was released from the hospital relatively quickly. And I mean, that's the good news. Um, He avoided a major injury when it was kind of a scary situation. But it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Uh, I think he's probably going to sit out and that kind of opens the door for the guy who was always hurt. And finally back in the mix, Marquise Lee to, uh, to maybe have an opportunity to start opposite Alan Robinson while Rashad Green and, and maybe, uh, Brian Walters, uh, if he's healthy enough to play, um, you know, are out there this week.
2: Uh, I I have Alan Hearns on a few of my teams, and I didn't know that that was what happened. But I know the concussion that that is a scary situation. Do you think that he might be able? To, he might be ruled out for like weeks later. I mean, I don't think so. Weeks? I mean,
1: I think I think it would be it would be rushing him back to uh, to get him on the field for this weekend. Um, I mean, again, he's not ruled out just yet. But at the the, the tone of the beat writers. And uh, John Osher of the, uh, the Jaguars official site, uh, it just makes it sound like he's very unlikely to play this week, but they're not really addressing what, what happens beyond week 13. Um, you know, concussions are very, uh, you know, unique to, you know, you got to take him by, you know, case by case. Um, so, you know, assuming he sits out this weekend, you see how he feels on Monday, you know, and uh, just go through the protocol deliberately.
2: Okay. We'll try to move through some of these games pretty quickly, at least the ones that don't have too many big injuries. The first one on tap, Packers go to Detroit for a Thursday Your night game. Green Bay Packers. My Green Bay Packers. They're making me cry right now. Just yeah. Frustratingly so. But Jared Aberdeer is listed as probable for Thursday, while Ty Montgomery has been ruled out already for a sixth consecutive game. And then Kelvin Johnson uh, is questionable for an ankle injury, and Lance Moore is ruled out for an ankle injury. Any of these injuries stand out to you as far as fantasy purposes? Well, I mean, the the there might have been an opportunity
1: for Ty Montgomery, um, but his injuries lingered, and uh, you know maybe we see something from him by the end of the year. I mean, Devontae Adams has been kind of a disappointment. uh, You know, has had plenty of opportunities in recent weeks, but uh, despite the heavy targets, it's been rather disappointing. So, you know, guys guys like Montgomery when he's healthy. Uh, even Jeff Janis uh, could, could come into play. But, yeah, it, it, it's it's just a bit of a missed opportunity for Ty Montgomery, unfortunately, for him.
2: I was at that uh, Thursday night Thanksgiving game. The Favre ceremony was terrific. The emotions were just – I think you, the emotions were pouring out of everyone at the stadium with the star hug with Favre and everything. And I, I just kept thinking this is not how the story is going to end. We're not going to lose to yeah. the Bears on Thanksgiving. So we're in the end zone where that fourth down throw is happening and I got my phone out recording and like oh this is history this is going to happen and it bounces off Devontae's hands and i I have the recording I've looked at it a few times he looks around like what happened like he he didn't even realize he dropped it it's kind of like
1: the uh how you look at your glove if you if you drop a routine ground ball or something like that but yeah it's uh, it's unfortunate because um you know towards the end of that game um Aaron Rodgers took a hit to, I guess, his elbow, and I think that kind of that kind of messed him up um, just enough down the stretch of that game to to you know affect his mechanics and uh, perhaps his accuracy. Luckily, um, you know, even though there was talk that he had lost fing- feeling in, in his, a couple of his fingers there <laughs> after the game, and you know they hadn't come back maybe the next day, uh, he's not even on the injury report, so. You know, Rodgers gets to you know try to bounce back from that disappointing effort there.
2: I suppose that's good news, but I feel like if we stick in this game any longer, I'm going to go into some anger-filled deep dive about everything that's going wrong with this season. I just don't want to do that. Well, Cause mean, you've been so positive with the Patriots.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that uh, I thought I really did think that the uh, the Packers were well uh, positioned to be able to uh, sustain the loss of Jordy Nelson, but they. You know, and, and it looked good in the beginning. You know, the James, James Jones renaissance. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. It's uh, There's there's a lot of things going on there. On the plus side, minus the fumble, it looks like Eddie Lacy's getting his mojo back. He
2: had two fumbles. He, sh- he yeah. should have had two fumbles. That one where he's running across the goal line, I always thought that <clears throat> as a Packer fan, we didn't have players that did stupid stuff like that. And he nearly threw that away. Nearly.
1: Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, that's, that's not good. But like, he, <laughs> like, he is running a little bit better, and uh, it's that time of year where I, I, I don't honestly know the composition of Green Bay's schedule, like how many games are in potentially bad weather, but I'm guessing a lot.
2: No, oh, they have uh, just two more home games yet, I think. They yeah. have the
1: Cowboys and then
2: the Vikings last game of the season. And then do they have any uh, road games in, uh, in nasty climates? Without looking at it, I'm going to say no. But I I know they play at Oakland. I think they play at Oakland. So that that one's off. Every
1: year, I look at the week 16, week 17 NFL schedule, and I go, I I'll see like a a handful of obvious like, couldn't they have just like played in Miami instead? You know, (laughs) you know Chicago, Green Bay, like, you know, come on.
2: That that was a that was a wet game to sit sit through though. I mean, well, no, I,
1: I'm actually thinking, you know, just I think last was it last year the, you know, the last game of the year. Um, I think that
2: was the maybe the season before.
1: Yeah, but anyway, I'm like, why are, why are we having these like outdoor games? <laughs> you know, cold weather team versus cold weather team. Can't can't they like manipulate the schedule just a little bit better so that. It's not. Mike,
2: this is football. We have to be tough. Okay. In football, we have to we have to be tough.
1: All right. Well, we'll put a, <laughs> we'll just go ahead and put a dome
2: over Lambeau then. No, that that ruins the <laughs> mystique. Even I won't have that happen. Uh, moving on to the 1 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff, we'll start first with the Big Apple matchup: Jets at Giants, quote unquote at. Oh yeah, did 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 we go over the uh, the uh, the lines there? Well, yeah, we discussed. We thought that Kelvin Johnson was going to be fine.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think I. I, I think I telepathically mentioned that to you. <laughs> uh, I didn't mention it, uh, podcast wise, but yeah, oh. uh, he is, uh, he is listed as questionable, but I, I, I don't think that, uh, that's going to be a problem. Um, uh, he's been, uh, he's been producing and, and, you know, last week, you know, when Matthew Stafford, uh, uh, played like a number one draft pick, uh, you know, got himself three touchdowns. So yeah, he's, he's just going to continue to, to, uh, get it through that ankle issue. And, uh, I mean, the Lions have, have to be feeling a little bit better about things. They've they've picked up the pace of late. So uh, as long as Megatron stays healthy, he should be a, a factor down the stretch.
2: I think Jim Bob Cooter figured out how to be an offensive coordinator. He's like, oh, just throw it to that Megatron guy. We'll see yeah. what he can do.
1: And I don't know, like, what's gotten into Matt Stafford because he was taking a lot of uh, heat earlier in the year for ineffectiveness, but he, he definitely he had his fastball on Thanksgiving, that's for sure
2: that I mean he was he played terrific he really did uh so now now we have the big apple matchup. Oh, yeah, up yeah. yeah uh Brandon Marshall was limited in practice Wednesday routine yeah seems to be i mean toe ankle injuries doesn't no concerns there and then Eric Decker was a full participant in practice Wednesday with a knee injury so uh it seems like the jets are going to head into the battle for the big apple relatively healthy on the offensive side of the ball however the giants no actually they're the same thing too perfectly Fine, considering the Giants also were relatively unscathed. Larry Donnell was the only skill player listed on the injury report, and we already knew he was going to be ruled out for Sunday's game due to a neck injury.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Will Ty has, you know, performed okay in the last couple of weeks, so the Donnell injury is not especially troubling. Uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, uh, Darrell Rivas is uh, still dealing with concussion symptoms. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, Darrell Revis is quite the— cornerback legend that he that he used to be like you know if a team is playing against Darrell Revis you you can just like scratch off their top wide out from your fantasy cheat sheets um I mean he's still good don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but uh it's it's not necessarily an automatic benching of anyone who's going to be covered by him but that said uh if he is out it's definitely good news for uh guys like Odell Beckham, you know. And uh, Did you see that catch?
2: Out. Did you see that catch last week that he had live?
1: Yeah, I mean, he does that in practice. He <laughs> does it in games. And sometimes I think it's unnecessary, but I, I, it looks like that one, you know, that might have been the only way he could have caught it. I, ha- I have seen instances in my mind where, like, he could probably have gone for the, you know, the routine, uh, you know, the routine catch, but, you know, he, a little flair for the dramatic you know, more power to him because he can do it.
2: If you have the skills, you have to use them. Mike. if you have the skills, I mean that he does things on the field that I don't think I've ever seen before. Now I'm pretty young, but I I don't think I've ever seen some of those catches. I think
1: when I when I was playing little league back in Vermont, <laughs> uh, our our coach would probably would would bench us if we didn't like use two hands to catch a, a fly ball. Like we try to like <laughs> you know do the the nonchalant snatch, uh, you know the Willie Mays one style. Hand, uh, the time was reggie smith then i think ricky henderson liked to do that as well you know fundamentals were were, were like of the utmost importance and i'm not saying I, I don't want to criticize odell beckham but uh i think he's got to be careful to you know when when the ball is coming to his chest and it's an easy catch just just catch it and you know a few times a year when it's the impossible leaping grab go for it but uh Don't make that that the default move.
2: Well, before you rain on Odell's parade some more, let's just go on to the Cardinals and Rams. The Cardinals (laughs) face the Rams. I guess
1: there's some lingering bitterness as a Patriots fan. (laughs) All things Giants, I I, I can can manage to find a negative spin. You
2: beat them this year. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The Cardinals go to St. Louis. Uh, We've already discussed at length Andre Ellington and Chris Johnson, so we... We got our David Johnson down, but we have a trio of receivers for the Cardinals that have been hampered by injuries. John Brown and Michael Floyd were limited uh, in Wednesday's practice (laughs) with a hamstring injury, while Fitzgerald was limited due to an ankle injury. Any of that concern you? Well, I mean, I think that uh, Fitzgerald
1: should be fine. That's relatively routine, I believe. Um, Michael Floyd uh, kind of got the the conversation we had a, a few weeks ago about John Brown. That's right. He was active, but they didn't really air him out in that game and i think floyd similar thing happened this this last week there uh i think they should all be available for this week's game um and maybe floyd does get into the act a little bit more than he did in week 12 um not feeling super confident about starting him right now but uh i think i think he'll do better than the uh you know the uh he just had the one catch last week
2: yeah yeah he's one he had one catch for 14 yards um, the Rams really only have one injury, and I don't think it's that serious. Case Keenum, uh, he suffered a concussion late in Week 11's contest against the Ravens. Well, it looked like it, but he was still allowed to play. Well, there's
1: about 80,000 people who either saw it or didn't see it, but he ended up you know, finishing out that game. Uh, it was clearly a botched uh, call. I don't know really who to blame it on because there were so many people that all it would have taken is one person— Uh, You know, on the medical staff, coaching staff, refs, even a really loud fan. Yeah, (laughs) you know, could have said, "Hey, uh, I think he's a little wobbly there." But you you see the game film, and he just looks like he he just looks like a prize fighter. That you know,
2: well, not surprisingly, he threw an interception, or there was a fumble. Yeah, there was a fumble off the play, and they lost the game because of that. So, I I mean, Nick Foles had a play last week, and that was pretty brutal. He completed thirty passes for 228 yards but he also completed three to the Bengals and that was pretty killer
1: well you know Nick Foles I guess that's not working out for him um, (laughs) as at at least the way they hoped and uh, I mean they turned to Case Keenum who uh, you know wasn't exactly a highly touted guy heading into the season Um, I mean not sure about this week there's there's a chance that he'll play but I I really wouldn't want to uh, you know take a chance on Case Keenum in fantasy lineups even if he does play.
2: And you had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but now we're to the point in the season where there's no more bye weeks. We don't have to try and filter our quarterbacks anymore. And to get around that, it's just the best twelve or ten or whatever it is yeah. in your league. So unless
1: you're in a two quarterback league, and not yeah. that's kind of a. I have played in two quarterback leagues, but they're they're relatively rare. Uh, even a sixteen team league. You can come up with a serviceable quarterback generally.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't think that serviceable means Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, transitioning to the Falcons, they travel to Tampa Bay. A couple of injuries for the Falcons. Devonta Freeman, he cleared concussion protocol. He was limited in practice Wednesday. But it seems like he's going to be able to play, right, Mike? It looks that
1: way, yeah. And um, I mean, Tevin Coleman did, did pretty good uh, last week, uh, filling in for Freeman. 18 carries, 110 yards. Costly but, fumble. Yeah, and uh, that's probably you know that that takes that takes a little bit of the excitement over those decent numbers away. Uh, Devontae Freeman definitely earned some goodwill from uh, you know some of his excellent performances earlier in the year, so you know he should be able to reclaim that job, uh, assuming no setbacks there. But it's good to know that Tevin Coleman is quite a capable backup uh, if if something happens to Freeman again, uh, you know Freeman down the road. But I do think that Freeman will, will probably, uh, you know, handle the bulk of the carries this week. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a timeshare.
2: I think Coleman really could be a good running back. He just can't hold onto the ball right now. He's—it's almost like it's in his head at this point.
1: Well, you know, I don't—he's a rookie. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll get there. But uh, I mean, the Falcons—Falcons—are kind of reeling, and they, I think they need to like get back to to what you know was working for them earlier on, and that's like hey, Devontae, just score three touchdowns, and then, then we'll win. <laughs> so I think that's
2: that's the game plan. Uh, that would be a great game plan. I think they used Leonard Hankerson often uh, in that initial stretch where they were successful, but he didn't practice Wednesday again due to hamstring injury. Should fantasy owners expect Hankerson back anytime soon?
1: Uh, you know, I think he's, he's pretty iffy this week. We'll have to see uh, if he sits out again. You know, tight end Jacob Tammy, You know, maybe see some more targets. Roddy White kind of um, got got six catches on eight carry, uh, eight eight targets last week. Um, you know, so I think Roddy White is actually maybe finally doing something at least in PPR formats, thanks to uh, Hankerson's injury. Um, but yeah, like uh, I'd stay away from Hankerson this week unless there's some really good news by by Friday.
2: On the Buccaneers' side, uh, Vincent Jackson did not practice due to a knee injury Wednesday. He's still – it's a lingering kind of thing. And Austin Safarian Jenkins was limited in practice Wednesday. Uh, Luke Stocker and Cameron Bright have filled an abnormally in place of Jenkins, but Stocker was unable to practice Wednesday due to back injury. Which one of those injuries are you monitoring the most for fantasy purposes? Well, I
1: mean, uh, Safarian Jenkins has pretty much – I think he's been out since, like, week two. And there just keeps on being this, like, delay, you know – getting him back so uh I wouldn't play him this week I mean he seems to be getting closer and closer to return but I I need to see him produce before I'm going to recommend him for anyone's lineup let alone put him in one of my lineups uh Cameron Brate uh has actually kind of come out of nowhere to like put up some decent numbers over the last couple of games not like eight catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns yeah I mean not like anything spectacular but uh if, if you're digging deep, uh, and Safarian Jenkins is out this week, uh, then you know he's a guy that you can think of. Um, Jackson, yeah, definitely want you want to keep an eye on that. He, he missed some time earlier this season. I don't really have a good read on whether or not this is just kind of a maintenance thing or if it's uh, indicative of a, of a setback. But I think a lot of that will be cleared up by Thursday's practice. So definitely take take a quick peek at the Bucks' uh, practice report or a RotoWire or both tomorrow afternoon and uh (laughs) you should be up to speed on that
2: a fun another uh, another fun game at 1 p.m eastern time seahawks travel to minnesota neither team is really dealing with many injuries but we've been on a bit of a break so i haven't got a chance to discuss with you marshawn lynch he's already been ruled out for an extended time due to sports hernia surgery um so what are your thoughts on thomas rawls
1: well uh thomas rawls has actually been doing a good job um you know in, in place of lynch um 21 carries, 81 yards, and a TD. Uh, last game out, um, runs hard. Um, I mean, he's he, he's not exactly beast mode, but uh, I think that he can uh, he can hold the fort down until Beast is back. Uh, I mean, that's that's like found money. I mean, like uh, in the beginning of the year, people were were, were touting. Um, this is finally the year that Kristen Michael is going to do something in Seattle. Or, I was one of those people. And then, you know, Robert Turbin kind of, you know, ended up keeping the number two job there for a while. Uh, they they got Fred Jackson. And then, you know, there there was a little bit of buzz about uh, Thomas Rawls in the summer. Um, not, not huge because of those other guys that we mentioned. But, you know, the undrafted rookie ended up uh, – being the last man standing of the backups and,
2: uh, you know, he's done a good job. I, I really like him. I think he runs with power, right? Not beast mode power, but enough power where he fits perfect with the Seahawks offense. And I'm concerned that maybe Lynch doesn't come back for the Seahawks next year and Rawls could be a full-time member.
1: Well, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, you know, if the Seahawks make the playoffs and, uh, maybe go on a little bit of a run, uh, I think I think it's time to uh, you know, get out some bags of Skittles and, and watch uh, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch do his thing. Um yeah. Uh I, I don't wanna like uh send uh the Marshawn Lynch uh farewell postcard just yet. I mean uh hernia, it's not fun, but you do recover from it. Uh it's just a matter of how long. Um you know, I think based on when it when it happened, um you know, a late season return is plausible, and you know if they decide to play it safe,
2: the playoffs anyway. Maybe it's just me then that's going to write out the address in the envelope. I, I think that <laughs> Thomas Rawls could be pretty good, and I think that Lynch might be not nearing his time with the Seahawks, not his career, but yeah, nearing his time with the Seahawks.
1: I don't have his contract in front of me. He, I think he reworked it. Uh, I think I think he could stick around next year. Uh, there was there was all kinds of talk about you know possible retirement yes and, and you know him getting cut but uh you know they they made a couple Super Bowls with the guy you know and uh and, he, and when he's healthy he's still he's still Marshawn Lynch
2: well speaking of Super Bowls the 49ers who were in one recently you wouldn't be able to know based off how they've been playing this year they traveled to Chicago uh, and <clears throat> Carlos Hyde again did not practice Wednesday he's still dealing with a stress fracture in his foot I just don't think he's he's going to be playing.
1: Yeah, this week, uh, it doesn't really seem imminent, um, and there's not really a compelling reason to, to rush him back in any case. So I guess it's the, uh, the Sean Drawn f- found money party. <laughs> Sean part Drawn.
2: Three, I guess, this uh, week. Sean Drawn, yep, that's true. He had uh, 15 carries for f- 51 yards last week in a loss to Arizona. I mean, um, that's
1: not that's not awesome, but like if you go down the list of running backs – um, big names, ones that have been going off. I mean, Todd Gurley.
2: Yeah, um, nine carries, nineteen yards.
1: You know, somebody gets fifteen carries and fifty-one yards. What's better than nothing? And then you know, nothing to sneeze at if you're if you're leading any team's backfield. There is some fantasy
2: utility to be to be found there. I continue to get focused. At, well, continue to get focused on these tight ends since so many went down this week. Garrett Selk was another one who's actually performed pretty well as of late, but he suffered a high ankle sprain. It doesn't look like he's going to play yep. for a couple of weeks, especially with the immortal Blaine Gabbert taking over. Tight ends have been pretty successful. So would you consider starting Vance McDonald or even adding someone like Blake Bell if you were a Graham Eifert or owner? I mean, Rock I think owner? Blake
1: Bell is more of a speculative uh, pickup. Yeah, he did, you know, do, do something in week 12 there, but... Vance McDonald has quietly put together a, a couple of decent weeks in a row. Um, you know, the, Vernon Davis, not around anymore. Selleck injured. Um, I, I, it does seem that he has a rapport with uh, Gabbert. So I, I think that uh, of the tight ends, uh, you know, that are probably available, he's one that you can definitely look at. I mean, him and Cameron Brate, but maybe maybe he's he's possibly a little safer than Brate because um, the uh the Bucks have some other weapons, big weapons that they can uh they can roll out there. Um and uh the forty ers they need all the help they can get. Uh, you
2: know, Anquan Bolin's still around, but uh yeah. Uh on the Bear side, Eddie Royal did not practice Wednesday due to a knee injury. Otherwise, everyone was pretty healthy. Notably Matt Forte did not show up on the injury report list at all Wednesday would you use either Langford or forte moving forward I mean
1: it depends on your situation I mean there there's going to be it looks like a timeshare in play uh, forte did have a few more carries um, than, than uh, Langford in his return um, I mean I would I would imagine that forte that uh, the the, the timeshare tilts a little bit more towards forte this week but Langford will will still be in the picture um, yeah, I mean, Forte still catches the passes out of the backfield. I mean, there's there's value there, but it's not his backfield, you know. You know he doesn't have the backfield all to himself like he did earlier in the year. So, you know, there, anytime there's a committee situation, you know, my enthusiasm goes down a little bit. But uh, I still think Forte is, you know, as solid as some crappy backs who get all the carries. You know, he's he's got some talent. Lankford, you know, it, it remains to be seen, you know. Uh, It's kind of understandable that, um, you know, they broke Forte back in a little bit slowly in his return to action. So we'll just have to see this week. Um, So I guess I'm saying a little bit, I'm a little bit wait and see on Langford this week, but I mean, Forte is probably, you know, a low end uh, option this week.
2: Okay. Uh, We'll move quickly through the Jaguars and Titans. The (laughs) Jaguars traveled to Tennessee. We've already discussed Alan Hearn's injury. Um, but another receiver, Brian Walter, he joined Toby Gerhardt and Mercedes Lewis in the do-not-practice. They didn't practice Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Brian Walter is kind of a
1: third or fourth wheel in that yeah. attack. He's had a couple decent games here and there, but uh, he's the kind of guy that he has the game that that he does something when you're not thinking of him. You pick him up, you put him in, he doesn't produce. There's just, you know— between Hearns when he was healthy, uh Alan Robinson, now maybe Marquise Lee, and Rashad Green. Uh not not much reliability there. Toby Gerhart, you know, behind Yeldon, behind uh Denard Robinson. Um that that was a contract that didn't really work out for the Jags. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis, as long as uh Ju- Julius Thomas is healthy, and he and he certainly was in week twelve, yeah. mm-hmm. uh not much there. Uh, their kicker is dealing with a back injury um, Jason Myers um, you know if you're look if you' if you're into starting Jaguars kickers this week or any week, keep an eye on that situation uh, I would assume that if it is something troubling they'll 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 sign another kicker by the end of the week otherwise it's just another you know kicker playing you know playing through an injury there.
2: Uh, on the Titans' side, the only noticeable injury, I guess if you could even call it that, was Anthony Fasano. He did not practice Wednesday due to a shoulder injury. Um, Dexter McCluster's already been ruled out for Sunday's game due to a knee injury, so is there any chance that David Cobb shows any signs of light <laughs> against a surprisingly stout Jaguars run defense? Well,
1: you know, David Cobb, I think they want to get him more involved. Um, he wasn't didn't, didn't do much in Week 12. I think he had just three carries there. Uh, Antonio Andrews was looking like he was going to seize that job and you know maintain a good grip on it, but hasn't done much the last couple of weeks. So you know the, the Titans could see what they have in Cobb this week. Uh, that would definitely be a speculative speculative play. Um, I'll believe it when it happens. But <laughs> it, it, but it, I do th- I do think by the end of the year we're going to see a couple of productive uh, weeks out of Cobb. I'm just not sure that I want to take that chance this week.
2: The j course have been pretty good this year, so I have to agree with you. I really liked David Cobb heading into the year. I still like him. I just don't think this week is the week that he performs well.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime, you just take a look at his numbers. You you just don't want to put yourself in a position where, like, you get, like, one point or no points um, just because you have a hunch on somebody. You just need to see it happen, and then after that, you know, there's a little bit more confidence. I, I realize that uh, that's that's not a very aggressive strategy, but um, me, you know, like if Antonio Andrews was hurt, then he could go from zero to lots of carries. But right. you know, in the case of an injury, but uh, I think right now he needs to supplant the uh, presumed starter before before that happens.
2: Moving on to the Texans, they travel to Buffalo. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was limited in practice <clears throat> Wednesday due to a hamstring injury. Nothing really new here, uh seems to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean,
1: it's Wednesday, he's limited. Uh, I didn't really hear anything about him being injured in that uh, in that game or anything like that. So definitely uh, something to keep an eye out uh, for. I mean, Alfred Blue was limited as well on Wednesday with a back injury. But he was on Friday and uh, managed to put up decent stats in uh, Week 12. Um, mind you, against a Saints defense that, uh, I mean, that's, that's the uh, – see who's playing the saints start those guys
2: is deandre hopkins been the biggest surprise
1: for you this season uh not really i mean uh in 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 what sense i guess uh most
2: performing receiver
1: or biggest out well, i mean uh once andre johnson left town um i mean andre johnson hasn't done very much with the colts this year but uh he did he did see a lot of targets last year in the houston offense so once he was gone, uh, Hopkins was, you know, obviously the number one wideout target in that offense. He was a first round pick. I mean, I think that was the plan all along was to turn in, turn him into a high volume guy, and that's what happened.
2: Well, he's been almost as automatic as Antonio Brown was last year. And while I thought that Hopkins was talented and was in a great situation, <laughs> I didn't think he'd be putting up those kind of numbers. So that's what I'm. I'm like, wow, this guy is – I mean, he's every single week he's getting. Well, Hundred yards he was
1: definitely on uh, a lot of my lists uh, going into the season uh, of an ascending player I was able to get him in a few spots um, but I I think a lot of people out there were were waiting for that to happen and you know he didn't have a big week 12 but generally speaking he's been uh, as pretty reliable you know he's been one of the more reliable wideouts out there but a surprise no I kind of expected that
2: well, you're better than me, but we already knew that, I guess. <laughs> on the other half of that, uh, the Bills, Tyrod Taylor, he was limited in practice due to right shoulder injury. That doesn't appear to be serious at all, and Carlos Williams will not practice Wednesday after sustaining a shoulder injury of his own last Sunday. He's fallen off the lap, uh, well, he's fallen off the map as of late. Is he worth dropping?
1: Uh, it, you know, depends on the situation there. You know, back to Tyrod Taylor, I think this is kind of a, a maintenance deal. We'll see, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, a couple of weeks ago he uh, he took a nice shot uh, to his shoulder slash collarbone there, and, uh, you know, I think he uh, toughed it out last week, so I think they're going to limit him a bit. Carlos Williams, I mean, he uh, got hurt in week 12. Um, I mean, yeah, there, were, there was that, like, you know, he scores touchdowns every week, and, you know, finally that stopped. But, I mean, once he's healthy, uh, you know, and that may not be this week, He's still the uh, number two guy behind LaShawn McCoy in, a, in an offense that's definitely, uh, you know, reliant on the ground game. So you don't want to drop a guy who's capable of scoring touchdowns, who's the number two back in a, in a, in a run-heavy attack. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be, like, really um, looking for some, you know, immediate short-term gain in order to want to drop Carlos Williams at this stage.
2: Just two more 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoffs left. Uh, first, the Ravens travel to Miami. Pretty limited as far as injuries go here. Max Williams did not practice Wednesday due to concussion. It seems like Crockett Gilmore has leapt over the 2015 second-round pick, but what's Williams' status this
1: week? Well, concussed, didn't practice, so kind of iffy. I mean, I think he's, he suffered that concussion in the fourth quarter of uh, Monday's game, and he didn't didn't catch a pass before that, so... Yeah, like you said, Crockett Gilmore is has stepped up of late. Um kind of, you know, Dennis Pitta, you know, he's he's out for the year, Steve Smith. Um, you know, look, they're look they're looking for, you know, options in the passing attack. Bashard Perryman, uh, yeah. that that flight never took off. <laughs> um and uh yeah, so Crockett Gilmore, Kamar Aiken, uh those those are the guys that we weren't really thinking about too much. Heading into the year, but uh that's who the Ravens are gonna have to rely
2: on down the stretch. Unbelievable. That's just what kind of season it's been. <clears throat> Jarvis Landry for the Dolphins, he was limited in practice Wednesday due to a knee injury, and then Rashard Matthews did not practice uh Wednesday. He's got multiple broken ribs. What's the game time status for either receiver? Well, uh I think that Jarvis Landry that was that was probably uh just uh, you know,
1: maintenance. He had a huge week in week twelve. Um yeah, just 16 targets uh yeah he i think he'll be fine richard matthews though um yeah that rib issue um they haven't officially ruled him out just yet but uh I, i'm pretty sure that uh that he is going to end up being ruled out and that's going to lead to uh more Devonte parker who uh had four catches for 80 yards uh i think he got targeted 10 times yep. this this yep. Uh, this last week and finally the dolphins get something out of their first round pick and uh I think he's a he's a good pickup this week because a lot of people had given up mm-hmm. on him and uh he's probably out there, you know, in in leagues where the waiver process or the fab processes have haven't taken place already. Uh he's worth picking up, I
2: think. What do you what's a reasonable prediction for his statistics this week then?
1: Uh pencilman for what he did last week. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of four or five catches, 70-80 yards, maybe Sees the end zone, maybe not. Um, they do have Kenny Stills and Greg Jennings still kicking around. Uh, but I do believe that he gets the start, um, assuming that Matthews is out this week, and that's a good opportunity for him.
2: Well, that was a bold call there. We got Mike Doria's bold call. I I should have went back...
1: How I I don't know if that's bold. Like, yeah, no, I, I think,
2: think that's a uh has been awful this year and just because of an injury and you've said this before, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that somebody's gonna step up. And I think that's a, a, a very interesting prediction. Well I mean I part. think
1: he's he's finally healthy enough. He, he had the, the lingering foot issue and then more importantly, other guys were performing, so there was no real spot for him to uh you know to put up the numbers that they were looking for and um uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a no hitter that he threw in week twelve, but I I think, you know, I think uh, he needed to get out there, and see some see some targets, catch a few, and uh, I think it's going to do wonders for his confidence. and And I, I think the Dolphins really do want to see what they have in Parker. I mean, they invested a high pick in him, and uh, I
2: think now they need him. Final game uh, for the early slate. The Bengals travel to Cleveland. Bengals are pretty fine besides the Eifert injury. However, the Browns, they have multiple concussed players, including receivers T- Taylor Gabriel and Andrew Hawkins. They didn't practice Wednesday. Do concussions. Will either of them play? Uh, you know, doesn't
1: look especially great. It's a, it's still early enough in the week that uh, one or both of them could get through the protocol. But, uh, you know, Travis Benjamin and Brian Hartline combined for 25 targets in Week 12. Uh, I don't really think that the Browns are going to rush either Gabriel or Hawkins back. Um you know the way their season's going. Why would they? Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you definitely want to stay away from those guys this week. Um, you know, got a new quarterback. Let's let's see
2: who he bonds with. Um, you know, that'll be interesting to see. Well, well, with that being said, fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week thirteen, DraftKings will host yet another millionaire maker event with 1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWARE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWARE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time.
1: Welcome to the big time, Joe. I think that's going to be the catchphrase because this is, this is what, your f- third or fourth podcast? This is podcast? the third
2: time now. This is the yeah, third it podcast. it gets,
1: gets smoother every time.
2: Yeah. This is the big time. I think I'm, I think I'm going to go for all the Wednesday ones now.
1: Nice, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to do one uh, Christmas week. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that we're not. I might uh, just do it myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we did. We did skip the uh, the Wednesday for Thanksgiving. Um, a lot of people traveling, including people that work for for wire Yep. And uh, you're, you're like yourself. Um, yeah. But
2: 4:25 Eastern Time kickoff. Couple of them starting off with the Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs travel to <clears throat> Oakland. I was going to say Los Angeles. That's not happening just yet, but yeah. traveling to Oakland. Uh, Charkandrick West, full full participant in practice Wednesday. He missed last week's game, which meant that Spencer Ware, uh, who's recorded 210 rushing yards and three touchdowns in the last two weeks that he's been gone, he, he'll he likely hit the bench. Well, I don't know if he's going
1: to necessarily hit the bench, you know, like not touch the ball, uh, hit the bench, but... Uh... You know, I think West earned enough, um, you know, goodwill while he was uh, filling in well there for Jamal Charles that if he's healthy enough to play this week and based on his full participation, it looks like that's going to be the case. Uh, it could be a timeshare, but I, I do think it'll tilt in the direction of West. But, uh, you know, where, where has done well, um, you know, since West um, was hurt, um, you know, two games ago, stepped in, had a... Had a big effort in relief and, uh, you know, kept it up uh, in week
2: 12. I think that Spencer Ware could be your winner for the Fozzie Whitaker sweepstakes. I mean, you've been talking about how this kind of season, the way it's been, Fozzie Whitaker might be a person that just ends up doing really
1: well. And, uh, you know, I haven't given up on the Fozzie Whitaker (laughs) dream, but, like, yeah, Spencer Ware is a guy that, uh, uh, you know, really did come out of nowhere because, like, there was probably the assumption... That you know something happened to um Derrick West, that Niall Davis would get dusted off. But uh, I don't know what's going on with Niall Davis. Maybe he's not in shape. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's just not you know looking good in practice. But uh, I think that uh, I, I think West and Spencer Ware are going to have to collide in practice and knock each other out to uh, <laughs> for Davis to get get that job
2: back. Uh, the Raiders really have no injuries to note, so we'll transition next to the Broncos at Chargers. Denver travels to San Diego. A couple of injuries here to note. Ronnie Hillman was limited in practice due to a tooth injury, but he was still announced as the starter over C.J. Yeah. Anderson. So which running back would you rather have?
1: Okay, well, uh, yeah, limited with a tooth injury, you know, even though there wasn't really much um, literature out there on that <laughs> uh, on that particular situation. I'm guessing he just had a toothache, uh, something something normal along those lines. But, yeah, like you said, he was announced as a starter. But, I mean, they essentially split carries, uh, you know, against the Patriots. CJ had 15, Hillman had 14. And uh, Anderson did have the big game, including the uh, unfortunate uh, game-winning <laughs> touchdown there. But, uh, I don't know, I think that um, under quarterback Brock Osweiler – there's, there's, there's. They're trying to get the the ground game going. Uh, time chairs are never my favorite, um, but you know I do think that uh, dis- despite the uh, you know the the nod given to Hillman, I think C.J. Anderson uh, might be getting ready for a, a nice another nice stretch run here. So I don't know. I think you know by a nose I say C.J. Anderson. Uh, I mean, he passed the eye test in week twelve he passed the eye test last year. I mean Hillman had a nice little run earlier in the year. I mean ideally for the Broncos not fantasy owners, they both get the wall, they both get the ball and they both do well. Um they weather the Peyton Manning injury and uh make the playoffs and they have uh, one or two healthy and effective backs heading into the playoffs, which is huge.
2: Uh, you know, and I thought Anderson's performance while it was great. I mean the numbers look great. The weather seemed to play a big part in that. I mean that you talk about the game-winning touchdown, great run, great acceleration, but that toss play in that snow, you could see it. I don't know about you, but you could see it at least on my angle that that was going a long way just because yeah. they didn't have any horses to get there at that point between injuries and snow.
1: Well, he was saying that, you know, he's feels comfortable in those conditions and uh, you know, it's 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 December, Joe, so there's there might be some more games like that, but more importantly, he's had some struggles this this season. Um, you know, kind of losing the job to Hillman, just having some rough games. Um, you know, that's a confidence builder for him. He could get hot down the stretch. Um, you know, if you take a look at his game log from last year, kind of kind of came out of nowhere and uh, and uh, put up some good numbers. So he's capable.
2: Peyton Manning didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, we already know he's been ruled out, but he did have the cast removed from his foot on Wednesday. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Osweiler so far? Your Ryan mallet comparison seemed to be pretty spot on. And do you think Osweiler should start over Manning if the legend is eventually deemed healthy? Well, you know,
1: as as long as the uh, Broncos are winning, then it's an easy decision to not rush Peyton Manning back. Um, I mean, I, I I do believe that they intend to. Uh, give him another chance when he's healthy but <clears throat> you know they're not going to rush him back I mean yeah he got the cast removed I think he's going to be in a walking boot till Friday and then on Saturday he's going to start you know his rehab process again he hasn't really been putting weight on the foot so it's 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 still very week to week you know he's obviously not playing this week and I don't really see him going from you know finally putting pressure back on the foot on Saturday to being available for week 14 so I you know, I'm going to assume that he's also out for week 14. Uh, let's just see what Osweiler does the next couple of games, how the Broncos offense runs with him behind center. Uh, and then I mean, that's obviously going to play a, a part in um, whether or not they bring Manning back or, or at least the pace that they try to bring him back.
2: Final injuries, Benny Fowler uh, with an ankle injury and Cody Ladmer, They didn't practice Wednesday at all. Neither of them are really big fantasy contributors. Yeah, I think uh,
1: Latimer was not injury-related anyway. And, you know, as long as uh, Emmanuel Sanders is back and, and, and healthy like he was week 12 and Demarius Thomas is around and you didn't have a great week 12 against the Patriots. Lots of targets. <laughs> I think he only cut the one pass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a nice one-two punch, whoever's throw, throwing them the ball.
2: Uh, Chargers really no major injuries. <laughs> I do want to have your thoughts quickly on Dontrell Inman. He appears to have gained the number one receiving role with Keenan Allen out. He's recorded eight catches for on 14 targets for 116 yards the last two weeks or so. Yeah, I mean uh he's he's
1: you know by by the opportunity presented by Keenan Allen uh, being out and then um then Malcolm Floyd had the uh, shoulder injury that kind of limited him in week 12. So Inman has definitely stepped up. So it's kind of him and Stevie Johnson are the uh the two top targets at the moment uh at the wideout position you know in a philip rivers QB offense so there's there's definitely some some you know opportunities there um you know floyd uh, had just one catch on four targets in week 12 uh he's dealing with a shoulder injury uh i don't know if that's going to get it you know better to the point that he can you know reclaim his role but as long as floyd is limited then uh then inman is um you know, a, a worthy lineup consideration given that Rivers tends to like to throw the ball. Yeah,
2: that offense has been so dynamic lately. I think Inman has to be worth some consideration in all formats at this point.
1: Well, I mean, he was. Uh, I picked him up in a couple of leagues uh, heading into to last week, and um, that worked out all right. I mean, it's. I mean, not. He's not like uh, you know. The second the, coming of Megatron. Well, the second coming of Keenan Allen. More <laughs> importantly, I mean that Keenan Allen was like just going off until yeah. he got hurt. Uh, but you know somebody has to absorb
2: those targets, and uh, he, he's going to be one of the guys. Uh, next game on the list: Eagles travel to New England. We'll move quickly through the Eagles portion. Ryan <laughs> Matthews didn't practice Wednesday due to groin injury, and Nelson eglor was limited in practice due to hip injury. Do you see either of them playing Sunday?
1: not looking not looking really good with Ryan Matthews um you know was concussed now now he has a new injury uh Aguilar could play but uh it's just been kind of a disappointing year for him as a rookie production wise um Philadelphia Eagles offense wise yeah uh you know and I keep an eye on him you know watch him play um, but he's probably not going to be a reliable fantasy option till next year. Um, unfortunately, uh, once you know, I mentioned it before that he kind of was penciled in to be the direct replacement for Jeremy Macklin, and that hasn't quite worked out at least right away.
2: Yeah. Uh, Two people <clears throat> that returned or returned to practice Wednesday: Zach Ertz. He returned from a concussion, and then Sam Bradford also returned Wednesday. He's expected to play. Are you excited about either of those two
1: options? Well, I mean, it looks like Bradford's going to play. The Mark Sanchez era, the (laughs) latest Mark Sanchez era comes to another close. Uh, Zach Ertz looks like he's going to play. You know, uh, Brent Selleck's around too, so kind of offsets each other. I don't know. I think Ertz has more upside, but um, I guess I want to see him have a, a, a productive game. Uh, before confidently putting him back in in the lineups. But it does look like he's going to play, and it does look like Bradford's going to play as well.
2: On the other half of that, the Patriots, they really only have, well, we already discussed Gronk, but the only (laughs) other notable injury is Danny Amendola. He was limited in practice Wednesday due to a knee injury. How are you feeling about your boy's status? Well, uh, you know, according to uh, the guys over at
1: ESPN, uh, he looked good, uh, you know, in his cuts, um, you know, running around in practice today um and he's running so uh you know they he sat out last week i, I would say that uh there's a pretty good chance that he's going to play but it's it's certainly not a lock just yet but uh you know if if uh, the, the tone is stays good through friday i think uh i think it looks good and at least this week uh you know they're not playing the uh, the night game so you're not like you know throwing that like <laughs> It's, you know, any any time that you have a Sunday night or Monday night player that is kind of a game-time decision, it's rough. I mean, actually, Amendola was ruled out uh, on Saturday night, I believe, so that wasn't really a problem, uh, but if he had turned into a game-time decision, that would have been tricky with the, with the late kickoff. At least this week, you know, it's the four, the 4 o'clock slate, so if he does end up being scratched, you know, there's there's going to be a few options, including... Maybe Keyshawn Martin didn't do much in Week 12. Um, had one big gain called back by a penalty. But uh, if Amendola isn't able to play, uh, I guess that would be kind of your your quick your quick pick at the uh, at, at, at the uh,
2: receiver you know, position. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I was I was going to try to make some lottery analogy, but uh, <laughs> fell short there. But uh, yeah, you know how it is when like a, a player. Uh, gets scratched, and then uh, as long as you're, you have the capability of picking up somebody, you you scramble for the the next available option, and in that case, it would be Keyshawn Martin, I think.
2: Final game of the second slate. Uh, Panthers travel to New Orleans. Panthers are relatively healthy. There's no injury concerns there. However, the Saints, Willie Sneed did not practice Wednesday due to calf injury. He hasn't missed a game this season, but he always seems to find his way in the injury port every week. He struggled. Uh, lately just 10 catches and 145 yards in the last three games is he going to play this week
1: not really sure about this one Um, definitely if if you're if you're willing to uh, you know hope that Willie Sneed finds some of the early season season uh, magic uh, in in week 13 worth tracking but I don't I don't have a great feel for this uh, that the Saints man wow they uh, they've just been I mean their defense is their defense, and like I said, um, yeah, they did change coordinators. Maybe, maybe they'll turn things around. But right now, they just look like the team that you want. Whoever, whoever uh, is facing their, that defense, you you bump them up a couple of notches there. Uh, and you know, they have a first-class quarterback, but it's been hit or miss. Um, yeah, I mean, I own him in one league, and there was that one week that he scored nine million points, but. <laughs> Uh, other than that, it's been uh, you know a little a little rough at times.
2: Final game on the slate. It's a Sunday night one. I think it's actually going to be pretty fun. Uh, Colts travel to Pittsburgh. Uh, both teams are kind of dealing with some injuries heading into the Sunday night game. Ahmad Bradshaw was placed on injury reserve due to a wrist injury, and Frank Gore is banged up. Is there any backup running back for the Colts that you might be interested in? Boom. Boom. Boom Heron. <laughs> they got him back. I mean,
1: Earlier in the year, the uh, the Colts kind of reluctantly cut Boom Heron. He was a little bit banged up, um, and then he he you know resurfaced with the uh, with the Bills. Didn't really have uh, much of an opportunity there. You know, once McCoy got healthy again, so you know it was a it was a bummer that he got cut by the Bills, I guess. But he he heads back to Indy. Familiar situation. Bradshaw's on IR. Uh, Gore is a little bit banged up. He, I don't think he was on the injury report today. Um, he's just, he's Frank Gore. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a bit of a timex. He should be fine. But, uh, Boom Heron is, is the guy that uh, that you're going to want to pick up uh, if something happens to Gore. Um, you know, he's, he's plug and play in that offense. Had some success last year. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely not uh, Zerlin Tipton. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, but anyway, yeah, um he he could be he could be a candidate for the Fozzie Whitaker Award, uh, you know, down the stretch there. That's as true. A, as a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere, but you know, as long as the timex is ticking, uh he's he's still a number 2 <laughs> running back like like so many others.
2: The Colts had 11 players that didn't practice Wednesday. However, Philip Dorsett and Andrew Luck were really the only notif- noticeable offensive players that were absent from practice and there's not really much of a surprise there. So, I just wanted to focus quickly on how good Matt Hasselbeck has been lately. Can you imagine playing flag football when you're 40, much less like actual NFL football?
1: Well, yes, and I played hockey at that age, but uh yeah, I mean um quarterback is def- definitely quarterbacks and kickers tend to last longer than the <laughs> other positions uh Kickers because they're kickers and quarterbacks because they try to protect them, you know not always successfully um but you know as long as you can stay in shape um i mean there's 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 guys that were in their twenties and and couldn't move in the pocket, so you know quarterback quarterback gets a little old as long as the arm holds up uh you don't lose the fastball in football quite as quickly as you do in baseball, so mm-hmm. you know as long as you uh can uh, you know maintain the uh, the cerebral aspect of the game uh, and stay relatively healthy? It doesn't surprise me you know to see a guy like Hasselbeck you know relatively effective. He's he's uh definitely had less wear and tear over yeah. the last few years, so you know he's maybe not as banged up as somebody who like played 20 straight years uh, up until they're 40. I mean, which is probably where uh, Tom Brady's headed. Maybe not exact technically 20 years but uh if, if brady does make it to the uh the uh the goal of playing into his yeah. 40s there which yeah, doesn't seem like that far-fetched um you know he could he could you know hit the uh, approach the 20-year mark
2: i was thinking of of too when you were saying quarterbacks that have played 20 years and just how he crumbled at the end just all those hits that he had taken he was one of the toughest players there ever was i feel like
1: yeah i mean uh I'm glad to see Favre come back and and get uh, kind of well, there was I I was living in Wisconsin when you know the whole Favre to Aaron Rodgers transition happened. It wasn't the smoothest transition ever. I don't necessarily blame the Packers for the way they handled it. It certainly turned out okay because Aaron Rodgers ended up panning out, but um yeah, th- there was definitely a little bit of bad blood there on both sides and it's it's good to see that I mean f- you know, far for all his flaws, you know, he 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 was awesome as a Packer. Mm-hmm. I mean, um and as you said, you know, one of the one of the toughest players ever, competitor, you know, won a ring, uh, you know, and uh he's well well earned uh, kudos uh this this last week and it's it's just too bad that uh him and Bart Starr didn't get to see a win.
2: Yeah, but well, before we go on another wormhole, that you're just trying to, you're egging me to go down. Uh, The Steelers, they had Heath Miller didn't practice Wednesday with a rib injury, and Martavius Bryant didn't practice Wednesday with a hip injury. I was a little surprised to see Bryant on the injury report. So, what's the status on both players? Yeah, not
1: really sure if that's a maintenance thing, or um, I think uh, earlier in the year Bryant might have had some um, hip issue. He was he was on the he was on the injury report. I mean, obviously. Um, there was that uh, week where like he was activated but not activated. Uh, yeah, and that was kind of a neat thing. But anyway, um, not not really sensing anything terrible there uh, with Bryant. But you know, definitely check back on him on on uh, Thursday. Heath Miller, that's a little bit more problematic. Uh, I wouldn't rule him out, but uh, definitely feeling more like a fifty fifty type thing at this time. Um, I don't know what happens if he gets scratch for the game maybe the rookie Jesse James uh not really not really Matt Spath. uh that's not really a possibility I mean um Marcus Wheaton kind of came out of nowhere uh to have a big week in week 12 uh, I mean I I was high on him when Bryant was out earlier in the year due to suspension he never really did anything um had the big game in week 12 um I think a lot of people are going to overreact to that um you know, there was they were playing the Seahawks. Uh, Antonio Brown was getting some coverage. Um, you know, definitely need to see Wheaton do it again one more time before uh, before I, I, I get back on the bandwagon there. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh,
2: I I think that's it. I think we covered everything. That was a stretch. Well, yeah, we made uh, it through.
1: Well, is uh, no Monday night talk.
2: Well, I didn't think many of the injury reports had come out at that point.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we can discuss it if you'd like. Oh, that's all right. Okay. We'll leave that to the Thursday, guys. I that's think, right. Uh, I
1: think we've, I think we've taken enough of your time, valuable listeners, <laughs> and now on to Joe's closing remarks. The weekly cro- closing remarks. Don't you have any promo things that you got to do or? Well, yeah, yeah. Tout, I, a wire, I, I, or like you know. Come on, man.
2: We gotta thank the listeners. Um, yeah. Uh, seriously, thank you guys for listening to the Fantasy Football Podcast, and that was brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you make the deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out Rotowire free for ten days by going to slash pod
1: You just ad libbed that, didn't you?
2: Yeah, that was completely off the top can't... of my head. <laughs> nice, nice work.
1: That was that was a good, solid like. Uh... Like you know, freestyle ad lib uh, promo there.
2: That's how you know I've got to the big time when I can just do that freestyle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to say that by week seventeen, I want you to do that without looking at the the teleprompter there.
2: Now you're giving away the, the sophistic-
1: secrets—the sophisticated rotowire teleprompter system that we have here. <laughs> no, Joe's actually sitting in front of a, a computer that's like as big as my TV, uh, and some people's, uh, you know workstations here at the office. It's it's massive. It's one of those giant Mac ones that that I still can't afford maybe in a few <laughs> years that the price will go down on that, but uh yeah, that's the teleprompter.
2: I don't even know what else to say after that. Do you want to thank the listeners or are you just like okay, whatever?
1: No, you you did a good
2: job. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> well, with that no, I think we we'll Yeah, thanks
1: know. thanks listeners and and good luck and uh you know, check out Rotowire, Um, you know, as the week goes along and hopefully we'll get you some good information that'll help you uh, do well.
2: All right. See you later.
0: This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines.